Psalms 100, look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, did I, I think I told this in Sunday school. If I told it in here, then I'm sorry, I'm just getting old. But uh, my dad was always, did I tell this last Sunday in here? About, that was in the church service. So this was the text. He said, everybody quiet! Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It was hilarious. So every time I read this text, I think of that. Now look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Isn't that a blessing? This idea of thanksgiving. How many of you know that life can be hard? Life can be hard. I'm speaking this morning on this subject, the answer of thanksgiving. The answer of thanksgiving. Here in Psalm 100, what I'd like to say is when life gets hard, when life gets hard, be thankful. When life gets hard, look at what it says. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His mercy. You know, if all of us got what we deserve, that we'd go to hell right now. But His mercy is everlasting. Look at what it says. And His truth endureth to all generations. You know, there are a lot of people that have tried to undermine God's Word all through history. Satan has had an attack on God's Word all the way from his first words. Remember what Satan's first words were in the garden. He said, hath God said began questioning God's Word all the way back from the beginning. Aren't you glad that His Word has endured and that we can hold it today, we can read it, we can trust it, we can believe in it? When life gets hard, I can be thankful because I have answers. I might not have the answer to my immediate problem, but I have the answer to the big picture problems in life. And if those big picture problems are addressed, I can handle the little things that come along, the car breaking down, those little things that come along that seem like huge things when they happen. I know that long after that car is in the ground and has dissolved and has gone away, I know that His Word will endure and that I will be with Him throughout all eternity because I've placed my faith and trust in Him. When life gets hard, be thankful. Look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. When life is hard, be thankful. But look at this. When life is stressful, be thankful. When life is stressful, be thankful. How many of you have had any stress this past week? Raise your hands. Do you have any stress? This is an interesting verse. Verse 15. And let the peace of God... What's that next word? Rule in your hearts. To the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. So now let me ask you some questions, all right? How many of you here this morning, you're saved? You know that you're born again. Would you raise your hand? You know that you're saved, okay? So you know that. Well, that means that you are part of Christ's body. Remember 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. So all of us who are saved, we are part of the body of Christ. So look what this verse says. And let... The peace of God rule in your hearts. What does that mean? That the peace of God is there available for you and you just have to let it happen. 
You have to let that peace reign in your hearts. Remember with Jesus Christ, we'll be seeing this verse on Christmas cards, but we don't necessarily believe it. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, uh, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. That's who he is. Now, I asked you before, how many of you are saved? That means you have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in you. The book of Romans says, If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You have the Spirit of Christ in you. He is the Prince of Peace. Let him be. Let him be that. When life is stressful, be thankful. Then look at what it says, verse 15 again. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called. God is calling to you. He's saying, let me give you the peace that I want you to have. Let me give you that joy. Let me give you that rest. You have to rest. My dad used to tell this story of this lady who was flying to see her family, and she was scared to death to fly. Just scared to death, they finally coaxed her into getting on the plane to come see the family. When the plane landed, her son picked her up at the airport, and he said, see, that wasn't really that bad. She said, yeah, but I never did put all my weight down. That's exactly the way that we are. We think, we think that we have to help God care for our needs. We think that we have to help God care for our spirits and encourage us. When God says, let me do that for you. We're called to let that peace reign in our hearts. How do we do that? By being thankful. By being thankful. Now, all of you who know me know that I'm a high-stress guy. It was so funny. I went to the doctor, blood pressure's high, and he starts counseling me on, you know, what to do with my problems and all of that kind of stuff. Is that hilarious? <laughs> How many of you think that maybe I ought to know that? Do you all think maybe that I ought to know some of those things? And so with this building, sometimes, man, I get so frustrated. And, and then I have to remind myself, this is a good thing. All of the things that come along with building a building, it's because God is doing something special in this place. Amen? Now, is that something to be thankful for? We have to be thankful for what God is doing. When you see footprints coming down the new carpeting right here and your head's about to explode, be thankful that someone wanted to be in the Lord's house. They might not live to get out of the house if my wife gets to them, but they are going to be blessed or something. Be thankful. Isn't it interesting that it says, let that peace rule? Let it happen. Let it happen. How many of you here would say, I probably need to let that happen a little bit more than I am right now. See, when life gets stressful, I am thankful. The answer of thankfulness. Look with me at Romans chapter 1. This is an interesting thing. Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 16. And this one, if you're taking notes, is when life is worldly, be thankful. When life is worldly, be thankful. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that works, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Did I, did I mess something up? What's, what does the Bible actually say? 
believeth. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now, how many of you know people that have heard the truth, but they refuse to believe the truth? They've heard the truth, but they refuse to believe the truth. And here's what they say. Sometimes they'll say it this, I would like to believe, I just can't. I just don't believe it. I've heard it. I know all the arguments. I just don't believe it. Let's look at the rest of this text. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. So there are people who hear the truth, but they claim not to believe the truth. But that truth is in them. It is in them. Look at what it says in chapter 2, verse 14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. So the argument of the atheist many times is that I do not need the word of God to be a good person. I don't need the Bible. I don't need God to be a moral person. How many of you ever heard that argument? Right? That's true. That's true, except that it is God that actually wrote that morality on their hearts when he created them. That's why they know the truth. They know the truth of the word of God. They just refuse to believe that truth and rest in that truth. Look at what it says, verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts, the mean, while accusing or excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. So look, they know that one day they're going to stand before God. Everyone knows that. But why won't they believe? Why won't they rest? Now listen, a lot of these people, they are, humanly speaking, good, moral upstanding people. Just because someone claims not to believe in God doesn't mean they're going to go and murder and rape and kill, whatever. That's not what that means. It means they're refusing to submit to the one who created them. Go back to chapter 1 and look at this. When life is worldly, be thankful. Verse 20. For the invisible things of Him, talking about God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So why don't they believe? Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Then look at what it says. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. 
professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible men and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Why? Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. And it's interesting When you stop believing in the truth, you don't then believe in nothing. You'll believe in anything. And what it says is vain in their imaginations. What are imaginations? Imaginations are things that we believe in that are not true. Remember that old, uh, there's a Jimmy Stewart movie where Harry, a six-foot rabbit, that that he believed in. That's an imagination. It's something that's not true. How many of you, your children had imaginary friends? Right? Children had imaginary friends. Jacob had to have imaginary friends because he didn't have any real... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Imaginary friends. An imagination is something we believe that's not true. And notice what it says about these unbelievers. They became vain in their imaginations. But remember what vanity is. It's nothing. Empty. They, they, They begin to believe in emptiness, in something that's not there. What is the What is the cure... For the atheist, what is the cure? Thankfulness. God, thank you for revealing yourself to me. I'm going to stop fighting against you today. Thank you for having enough mercy on me to give me another breath so that I have the opportunity to call on you. I know that you're real, even though I've been fighting it. I know that you're real. Thank you for not giving up on me. See, the answer for worldliness is thankfulness to a God whose mercy endures forever. But remember what the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, the times of this ignorance God winked at. But today is a day of repentance. The Bible says that God now calleth every man everywhere to repent. And what does to repent mean? It means to change your mind about who God is. You you cease being vain in your imaginations and you become thankful to the God who created you and has offered you the free gift of eternal life. When life is worldly, be thankful. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But you know, sometimes life gets painful. And when life is painful, be thankful. When life is painful, be thankful. Look at what the Bible says in verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed. You don't know what to do next. Perplexed, but not in despair. How about this? Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body for we which are which live are always delivered unto death for jesus sake that the life also of jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh what's all that talking about life is hard when you're trying to live the christian life in a world that hates god it's going to be difficult but we're not forsaken And in this body, our bodies are dying. All right? You're only going to live for a certain amount of time. And we understand that. There will come a point 
If the Lord doesn't return, that we are going to die. And we're always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. Jesus tasted death for every man. Jesus died for you and for me. So even while this body is dying, I have the hope of the resurrection and the hope of eternal life. So that when life is painful, I can be thankful. You know, I'm 55 now. And sometimes I hurt. There are things that I try to do that I can't do. I hurt myself the other day trying to catch something that was falling. What in the world is happening with my shoulder? It's just a little movement like that, and all of a sudden I'm in agony. Anybody else ever experienced something like that? It's called getting old. This body, I know that I look so spectacular that you wouldn't think. No, I know some of you are thinking, how are you even standing up? You look so awful. Do you know what the good news is? That this body is not all there is. This body is not all there is. There is a new world coming. I'm going to get a new body that is like Jesus Christ's body. Now look at what this text says. It's so fun. It says in verse um, 12, So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of of God. You know what this is all talking about? That we as a church, we come together. And even though we're living in pain, and it could be physical pain, it could be emotional pain, loved ones who are going through difficult things, issues of life that are painful, we come together. We might be perplexed, but we're not in despair. We might be cast down, but we're not forsaken. We might be persecuted, we're not forsaken. All of those things in that text, they're all true. And we all come together and we give thanks to our great God. And do you know what that does? That brings him glory. When life is painful, be thankful. And then look at this. This is one that we all know. Look at Philippians chapter 4. When life is full of care, be thankful. When life is full of care, be thankful. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now I talked about this in Sunday school class this morning. How many of you noticed that word always? And when you see that word, you think of the word always, right? Isn't that kind of what your mind does? But those are two different words. Always means every time. Always means every time. Always means all the way. All the way through. All the way. So what this is saying here is rejoice in the Lord always, all the way through your existence, all the way through your life. Give God thanks, be thankful, be joyful. So rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Why? The Lord is at hand. What does at hand mean? It means at, at your hand. You can reach it. It's at hand. 
The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let your moderation be known unto all men. That means you're not too high and you're not too low, that you're, you're on an even keel. That's the way that we're supposed to be. And thanksgiving, that rejoicing, does that for us. Remember, the rejoicing. Here's what that rejoicing does. Really important. Young people, you'll, this will make sense to you. If you think that every good thing in your life comes because you've done a good job, then you're going to get the big head. And the Bible says that the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to fall, right? I got this. I got this. I can handle this. And you find out, you know what, I can't handle it. So rejoicing for your victories, what that does is it keeps you on an even keel. You realize, man, I couldn't do this by myself. God helped me do this. I'm thankful for my parents. I'm thankful for my teachers. I'm thankful for my coaches. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm able to do this because of my friends. Do you see what I'm saying? So that keeps you from getting too excited about yourself. And then when you mess up, you can get too low and start thinking too bad about yourself. And you can say, God, thank you for loving me even though I'm a sinner. Lord, I messed these things up. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you that I got parents that don't give up on me. You know, I know your parents. They're not going to look at you and say, you are so stupid. (laughs) Now, they may want to sometimes, but they don't. They restrain themselves. Aren't you thankful that your parents aren't like that? See... Do you understand how rejoicing, it makes life so much better? It makes life, you know, so you get your flat tire and you're out there and it's raining. You got the flat tire and you know what a great thing to say right there is sure beats hell. (laughs) How many of you would rather change a tire than go to hell? Right? Do you see what rejoicing does? Lord, thank you for heaven. Thank you. See, that it just changes everything. Notice it says, let your moderation be careful for nothing. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, full of care. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Have you ever had someone say this? You're going through a problem, and your friends know that you have that problem, and they say, I don't know how you're doing this. I don't know how you're making it through this. And you know what that lets you do? It lets you praise the Lord, because I know Jesus, because God is helping me through this. Oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, you asked me how. This is how. This is how. When life is full of care, be thankful. Then, when life is doubtful, be thankful. Look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. You ever been in a situation where you don't know why it's happening? You don't know what God's doing in your life? You might not ever know. You don't know. And, you know, somebody will come and they try and give you an answer, and it's probably not the right answer, and you just don't know. When life is doubtful, be thankful. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Verse 6 is good for this context. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. When I'm doubting, when, when I, if I'm studying the Scriptures and I don't know a particular answer, if I'm trying to make a decision about the ministry, like we need to hire a new assistant pastor, and I'm working on that, and I don't, I don't know who to hire yet, that type of thing. Do you know what I need to be? I need to be thankful. 
I need to rejoice in God. But I know that God has a plan for me. Now, remember, we know exactly what God's will is for us. God's will is the same thing for everybody. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you're here today and you are away from God or refusing God, God still wants you to be saved. God wants you to be His. It's not God's will that any should perish. God's will is the same thing for everyone. God's plan is different, but I know that He has one. I know that He has a specific plan for me, for my children, for my family, for this church, for everything around me. God has a plan for that. When I don't know what that plan is, I need to trust Him and be thankful that He cares about me in every detail of my life. Amen? Paul, I even think he cares that the Bears are leading the division now over the Packers. I think that God cares about that. Don't worry about it. That's what he said. That's awesome. That's a great answer. When life is doubtful, be thankful. When life is doubtful, be thankful. And then, here, this is my favorite one. I'm, I'm done. This is going to be short service today. Hallelujah. And all the people said, are you thankful for that? That's what I want to know if you're thankful for that. Go to Revelation chapter 7. If you believe in Him, if you'll rest in Him, when life is over, you'll be thankful. When life is over, you'll be thankful. Revelation chapter 7, and look with me at verse 9. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders, and the four beasts. And all fell before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing, and glory, and wisdom, and what? Thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might, be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. I saw a commercial this week during a football game, and it was, it was to first responders and that type of thing. You know, be thankful to them. And I'm really thankful that we have people to care for those things. Amen? And we ought to be thankful for that, but that's not what the holiday of Thanksgiving is about. It's about being thankful to God for His provision. That's what Thanksgiving is about. Amen? It's being thankful to God. Now, we can thank God that we have first responders, right? We can be thankful to God that we have teachers. I was just uh, talking last week with Matt Hickman and the opportunity he has to uh, weave the gospel into some of his classes right now because he's a math teacher teaching social studies. And God's giving him the opportunity to explain to the kids what the true gospel is. What an opportunity. Isn't that wonderful? I'm thankful that he's there with the opportunity to give the gospel to those young people. Are you thankful that we have teachers that are doing that in the public school? I'm thankful for that. But I'm thankful that God put him there. I'm thankful that God is a God who knows exactly where we need to be and when we need to be there. Look at Acts chapter 17. I'll show you what I mean. When life is over, be thankful. Acts 17 
You know, people often say, what about those who've never heard? God must not love them. Did you notice what our verse passage just said in Revelation 7? Every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue. That's the great God that we have. Acts chapter 17, verse 23. And as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Now look at this. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God determined when they would be born and God determined where they would live that they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. God is not far from you. God puts you where you are when you are there. God puts you there so you can find him. He loves you. Be thankful. When life is hard, be thankful. When life is stressful, be thankful. When life is worldly, be thankful. When life is full of pain, be thankful. When life is full of care, be thankful. When life is full of doubt, be thankful. And when life is over, I promise you, we're all going to be thankful. I can't wait to see Jesus Christ. I can't wait to see him and bow down before him. Are you thankful for Jesus today? If you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life, do it today. If you're saying, I just can't, here's the answer. Be thankful. Be thankful. If you will ask Him, He'll help you believe. If you reject Him, He'll help you reject Him. But if you'll just be thankful to Him, He'll save you. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. Lord, We don't deserve anything except eternal separation from you.